Welcome to the IBJJF podcast, the official podcast of the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Tune in to hear interviews with the top coaches and athletes in the sport, as well as breakdowns and analysis of the biggest events. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to the IBJJF podcast. My guest today is Levi Jones-Leary. Levi has a super fight coming up at the IBJJF Flow Grappling Grand Prix. He's going to be taking on Jonathan Alves, and we're really excited for that matchup. Levi, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on today. Yeah, of course. So, Levi, you've, you've been competing a lot recently in a lot of Opens and at all the major tournaments, but I'd like to go back a little bit and talk about your career in the colored belts. Like, Can you talk a little bit about some of the titles you won into the colored belts and that transition into the black belt ranks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically I started training when I was, um, when I was 15. Um, and after a couple of months I was doing like really shit in school, really awful. And after a couple of months of, um, of training, I basically just decided I was going to, um, do jiu-jitsu for my career it was sort of like just an excuse i could tell people just to make it seem like i wasn't doing you know nothing with my life so i was like i'm just gonna i'm not gonna go to school mom i'm just gonna go train instead and my mom was always very um free with me like if i didn't want to go to school as a kid she'd basically be like you don't have to um but I, i pretty much started yeah i started training um full-time at, at this local gym it was called garage jiu-jitsu and um i i was really inspired by a lot of people like the meow brothers and stuff and and um just a lot of the people that were embodying that thing of like working really hard and achieving your uh, achieving your goals and stuff because i didn't really know that before jiu-jitsu like how to get something you wanted just to put a lot of effort into it i, I never understood that concept really and jiu-jitsu kind of taught me that and then um yeah so i just started training like a lot as many hours a day as i possibly could and then uh i think it was 20 um 14 as a juvenile i saved up some money to go for a trip and do a camp at cabrinhas and that was my first time sort of experiencing um like a high level training room and that high level um environment and sort of what it took as well to you know be at that that high level so um i got third at worlds as a juvenile in the blue belt and then the next year in 2015 i saw unity was opening and i got a job delivering furniture and saved up you know four grand i think it was um, and I went over to stay three months at Unity. And, um, you know, that first three months was, was pretty crazy. Like the first time you go to Unity, especially back then when it was at this old, the, um, the old academy, your body has to like adapt, you know, when you first go into there, because the training sessions with anybody that, that went to that old gym can tell you it was 
it was pretty nuts. It was something special about the the room being so small and the the sun hitting it or something, and Marilla always closing the windows and the no ventilation that made everything <laughs> so much more terrible and claustrophobic and nightmarish. And um, pretty much after that, after that three months there of just like working really hard and stuff, Marilla, um gave me an opportunity to to live at the gym and um, just basically sleep on the mat and and work at the gym a bit, you know, um, cleaning or assisting with some of the classes. And from there, you know, once I got the opportunity, I just started training all day at Unity and I started getting better and better. I wasn't able to win much, you know. I would win some of the Opens, you know, I I won a couple Nogi Pants titles at Purple Belt. Um, but I think my last year at Purple Belt, after being at Unity for a year and a half, I was able to win the pan at Purple Belt. And that was like the first major I ever won at the at the Color Belt. Um, I had gotten sort of close before, but was never able to win a major um, in the gay, the Color Belt. And then that was the first time I kind of thought I performed really good and I was really happy about it. And then... Um, then again, I lost it. I lost at Worlds, and um, it wasn't until Brown Belt that I really kind of came through and started competing really, really good. You know, like at Brown Belt, I think I only lost lost one match, and I won um, uh, Europeans, Pans, and uh, Worlds. And I think it was just consistency over time. Just losing so much just made me... I would just train more and more and more and more and more. And, you know, when you fail like that, you just make you... You have to fix something and then try something else. And that doesn't work. You fix something, try something else. And finally, I kind of found the rhythm and found stuff that was working. And it was, and it was all really good. And then that kind of carried on until, until my first year at Black Belt. And it was a it was a great year. Still, obviously, I failed, you know, here and there. Um, but overall, it was it was a really good year. And then and then COVID happened. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to I'd love to talk about that that 2019 year of black belt because you made such a seamless transition from your brown belt success into your black belt. You won Europeans. Obviously, had that big win against Lucas Lepre, who's a legend. A Hall of Famer, and then you won the Pans. What do you think helped contribute to that transition from brown to black and made you so successful? Um, I think it was a, a few things. Like obviously, um, just the continued focus for that amount of time, and then also um, a very good, a very good mindset, and just being sharp in general. Um, I was also had a lot of confidence from a lot of the mental work I had been doing, you know. So pretty much I would always be visualizing daily and seeing myself as, you know, the best in the world, you know, like untouched and and unbeatable and just continuously seeing myself in that way, seeing myself in that way until, it, you know, when I got there, regardless of what what's going to happen you know i 
had that confidence where I was just seeing myself as the best. And, um, you know, that, that makes a big difference, you know, because, you know, your, your mentality going into a, going into a tournament is, is, you know, one of the probably 90%, you know, of what's going to happen. So, so, um, yeah, that was, that was felt like the real secret for me. So you had such a such a great 2019 season. Then, like you mentioned, we had the the global pandemic, which was tough for a lot of people around the world and every every industry. And then you came back after the pandemic ended, and you started competing a lot in a bunch of local uh, competitions. What was kind of your mindset behind jumping into all those smaller tournaments? And do you think that helps you prepare for the bigger ones to be so active? Because you're you're still active to this day, always doing regional opens and and doing really well in them. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, during the pandemic, um, you know, my focus sort of shifted because I was like, I was pretty much like, um, is this even worth me putting this energy into it anymore? Like, am I, um, you know, because it takes a lot having your mind always in that in that um, position of of just thinking I'm the best, you know just keeping yourself maintaining that sort of that goal like that one goal you know that you have to that you have to live with if you want to be at that level which is basically you know I'm the best in the world and everything you do every day has to be towards that and during the pandemic you know I lost a bit of my focus because I didn't know if um if jiu-jitsu was going to return you know obviously at, at the time at some point it didn't seem like it it was you know and it was it was a solid two-year break and it was like the first break i'd had from jiu-jitsu in a while i had i had three months off of training um and then i came back to i, I came back to training in um in june of 2020 but i was suffering from a lot of anxiety during the pandemic a lot and um Mostly anxiety, just that was the main, the main sort of issue for me. And, um, it was really bad until for a while, especially through 2020, but I kept like my training up. I was still training every day. Um, after that three month break I had, I was still training every day, but my focus was other way, you know, I was putting my focus into, you know, um, delving more into like art and, um, and you know just different creative outlets because i sort of felt like jiu-jitsu um had been sort of taken away from me a tiny bit as a creative outlet and um you know after the break and after everything started coming back um i started getting my motivation back again because my goal my main goal has always been to become a black belt world champion you know um and that's the reason i started the whole journey you know that's what i would you know sort of visualize every day is becoming the best in the world proving it as um proving it by becoming a black belt world champion and you know that's always that's always been my dream so um it's this year has sort of been a process of me sort of coming back to that realization of of um of my dream which is which is there and and um you know going back to putting everything and living for that for that thing again of, of being the best in the world and 
you know, I, I knew it was, wasn't going to be easy because, uh, <clears throat> uh, because of the focus I lost, you know, so failure is a secret to success. So I was just willing to put myself out there and basically fail and fix things and do whatever I need to do, um, to be, to be, you know, the best in the world. And, um, that's, that's sort of the process that, that I'm in right now. So just competing as much as possible, getting a lot of experience, um, just doing whatever, whatever I need to do. Yeah, you're definitely back on that path now. I'm glad you got through some of the struggles that a lot of people experienced with, with 2020 and the pandemic. Yeah. And I'd love to hear about your 2022 season and just your assessment of it overall. You did the pans and then you also competed at the Worlds. How did you how would you assess those two tournaments and your performance in each of them? Um You know, I honestly I don't um I'm not obviously I'm not I'm not happy with my with my performance at the tournaments, you know. So there were just like uh, pans was okay. At pans I just only had one match, you know, and um you know, I thought it was a good match. I thought I thought I thought I thought good during that match. Um but this year in general has just been a lot of fixing, a lot of fixing of mistakes and a lot of um sort of obsessing over jiu-jitsu and trying to just fix every hole and try new stuff and just find out the best sort of route um to take going forwards into into next season but um uh i i think especially wells was a very good very good learning experience for me um that's sort of what you know every time i i took an LM just kind of getting more and more motivation, you know, just to work harder, um, focus more. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a good lesson, I guess, but let's see, let's see how these, um, how these, how it's going to look once, once, um, once these mistakes are fixed. Yeah, you had you had some great matches, like you mentioned, only the one at Pans, but it was a submission. It was a really beautiful match. Had some great matches at the Worlds, and now you're going to be having a super fight with Jonta Alves, um, who's obviously one of the best lightweight competitors in the world. He won the Pans this year for, I believe, the third or fourth time. He's he's been competing really well. Yeah. What did you think when you first heard that you were going to be competing against Jonta, and how do you see the match playing out? I mean, yeah, it's great. It's, I guess, um. You know, he, he obviously beat Andy at um at Pants. You know, it was a pretty close match but, you know, he still got the, the win, so whoever's better or whoever's ranked higher, that's the person, you know, you wanna beat. Because um, you know, be the best, you gotta you gotta beat the best. Um we fought last time, it was a it was a really close close match. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a, I think it's a really good it's a really good match. Um, but it should be it should be should be it should be lit. A lot of people are commenting that this is a classic guard passer versus guard player type of match. Do you do you kind of see it the same way where you're going to be playing on bottom and Jones is going to be trying to pass your guard? We'll see. Yeah, he might. 
you know, they're, they're, they do play, you know, very smart with the, um, with the strategy and stuff. So who knows? He, he might, he might just stay on bottom and try to get me to come on top and pass. Um, who knows? I hope he comes on top and tries to pass because that'd be cool. I, I think I could, he's someone I could probably get Xanadu guard going on because the Xanadu guard works good on like stocky people that just want to stay on their knees and sort of keep, keep the butt low to the ground. So hopefully, hopefully he comes on top. I think that would be, that would be the, the, the funnest, um, match for everybody if he, if he comes on top. <laughs> It's definitely a match that everyone's really excited for, and you guys are both two of the top lightweights in the world, so it's definitely going to be an exciting match. Definitely yes. can't wait to see it go down. Yes. I also wanted to ask you about the, the male GP. We have a medium-heavy GP. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? We have Leandro Lowe, Andre Porfirio, Ronaldo Jr., and Matias Luna. Any, yes. any predictions or any thoughts on how, how it could potentially play out? Leandro is going to whoop him. He's going to whoop them all. It's just going to happen. Did you get a chance to watch uh, Leandro at the Worlds this year when it, when his eighth world title? I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was cool, right? Because he had sort of fallen off for a minute. He wasn't um getting the dubs, and then he and then he came back and still got it. Still winning it. It's, it was yeah, it was really awesome. I'd love to get your take on the uh, female GP as well. We got Natalie Hibero, Fion Davis, Anna Rodriguez, Bianca Basilio. Pretty much for the the top women in the sport right now, three of them won the worlds in twenty twenty two, and and Natalie won three major titles. So it doesn't get more stacked than that. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super excited for that one for sure. Um, yeah, it's really it's 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 really 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 crazy exciting bracket, and you know some matches that you couldn't see, um, you know anywhere else really. So so yeah, definitely definitely really excited to watch that as well. Yeah, it's going to be great. The, the whole event's so stacked. Like I said, we're super excited for you and Jonathan Alves. Did you have any closing thoughts Thank before you. we signed off? Um, no. Yeah, just watch the match. And um, if you like how amazingly good I look in my day, then <laughs> hit me up. DM me. I've got a few left. Um, and next batch will hopefully be out um by the end of the year we're working on some other stuff right now including um just more apparel and stuff but yeah dm me xanadu god hit me up if you want to look if you want to look better than everyone else every day <laughs> thanks again levi for your time i really appreciate it i know i know you're really busy with your training and with everything else you have going on so it means a lot to me that you took the time to do this and definitely for everyone no, thanks for Absolutely. And and thanks for everyone for listening. Definitely check out the, the Grand Prix event. We got the medium heavy GP, the first female GP, and the two super fights, including Levi versus Joan to Alves. Thanks everyone for watching, and we will catch you guys for another episode soon. Thank you for listening to the IBJJF podcast. Be sure to head over to IBJJF.com for the latest news and events from the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. We hope you enjoyed the show.